Police officer's officer protection. A lot of blocks and aggression. Unkulu. I'm loving Cathcart instead. <laughs> and that makes people to blow up. Good yeah. start. Right. Good start to the podcast. Should we start? Already taking the piss out of one of our best centre backs for our worst one. Love it. What Cathcart? <laughs> anyway, taking the piss out of Nkulu, one of our best centre backs for Cathcart. By comparing worst. him to Cathcart, yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? Welcome back to another podcast on the 1881 Club YouTube channel. Today, look at this. Look at this fancy studio we're in. If you're watching on YouTube, then <laughs> you can see what we're talking about. If not, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, make sure you go and just have a little watch on YouTube as well just so you can see what we're talking about but um, Luke how are you mate? I'm good thank you we're actually doing it properly last we week we literally did it in your room in my was, bedroom um, <laughs> <laughs> it was alright it was alright right. it just wasn't quite this as, so yeah. oh shit that's all good um, <laughs> that's good that's good right so Luke first thing I want to talk about we're going to jump straight in um, Everton away what a game by the way because oh. I don't amazing. know about you, I was, well, I don't know what you were doing, but whilst the game was going on, I was at Eastleigh again, um, watching <laughs> Eastleigh versus Ultranham, and I was in the gantry recording the game, and I kept getting a buzz from my phone, and obviously it was a notification, I was trying so hard to keep like the, the camera steady, whilst trying to like um, check my phone, Sure. And he said, and he said, goal for the uh, goal. Richarlison puts the host back in front. I was like two, and he was like two one. I was like, oh, glad I didn't even go. And then buzz, 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 buzz. And I thought, what the flipping is happening? Just check my phone. Oh my god, it's five two. Unreal. Yeah. So I was um, back in Watford for this one because I lived down here. I was going up to see my girlfriend. I had to meet my uncle. Yeah. Don't need to hear about that. But basically, so I was at my friend's house with my uncle and her. This is the yeah. first time she's ever seen Watford play. She doesn't support us at all. Uh, she doesn't really like football. She only watches the Euros and the World Cup for England. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time she's ever seen Watford play. And we got there just as Everton had gone 1-0 up. Yeah. And I was like, this is a great start. First time she's ever seen Watford and we're going to fucking lose again. And I ended up leaving that have feeling... Not as ha- I hadn't felt as happy since we beat Villa. Like genuinely, football has never peaked as high for a long time because we were so good. It wasn't just the way that you know we scored five goals. It was like Watford have done something that we're not used to doing. We've gone to a, a different ground and we've turned up for 86 minutes of normal time and then all of the added time. I can't quite remember how much it was. Yeah. But we've turned up for... All of three minutes, and in, in those first three minutes, we obviously conceded because we weren't awake. But apart from that, we turned up for the whole game. We played really well. Well, ten of them played really well. There's one that didn't play as well, and we'll get onto him later. But in general, we played very, very well. Um, especially, there's three that I want to sort of earmark: Josh King, obviously, Emmanuel Dennis, and Musa Sissoko. And then a special mention to Cucho and Joao Pedro, two other players that didn't get as much recognition because they didn't, I don't think they scored or assisted, or may have got an assist each or something like that. But the effect that they both brought to the game yeah. was huge. Like the way we played with Tufan, Sissoko, Kucha, and then Cucho, Saar, King was very good. We were compact we were resolute when we were pressing from the front we played very very well when Dennis came on for Saar and when we brought Joao on for Tufan and allowed Kucha to move back and almost move into a 4-4-2 but Joao moved deeper 
into sort of a more creative role and could link up with yeah, the focus. two wingers. It was so much more fluid. We got into better positions and we ended up scoring four goals. Um, when Joao came on, I think it was, it might have been three, but it was definitely King could play off of someone better. Um, Dennis just came on and had an immediate impact and it's so sad that he's suspended for Southampton. I know, that's, so sad. that is probably the one downside to Saturday. But we've, we know we can cope without him because Saar now has to pick up his game because he knows that Dennis can come in and he, yeah. he, we also know that Ranieri's now not afraid to sub him off. Zisco was afraid to sub him off. Like at one point against Brighton, he moved into right back just to keep him on the pitch. Whereas Ranieri knows if he's not playing well, he'll haul him off and bring someone else on that can change the game. And I actually respect him for it. And the, that's the thing, because when the decision was made to bring Saar off, it was sort of like, what's he done here? What, what is Ranieri doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. Why is he taking off Saar? Paid off in the end. And I was, it was sort of, you know, the way we played against um, Everton. And they talk about the transition. I think the commentator said the transition from our game against Liverpool to the game against Everton the difference was unreal okay cool like I said to you before we started recording we were always going to lose to um, we were always going to lose to Liverpool you could put Pep Guardiola in charge of us we would have lost to Liverpool we just don't have that quality in our team um, so that was always going to happen but in t- and then the way you said as well which obviously is what I meant but like it was the fight that we had it wasn't necessarily the result it was the fight It was that was the transition that the commentator was talking about and the the desire that we had on the pitch and it made such a difference and that is the Ranieri effect is is whether it's new manager bounce or it is actually what he is doing we well, that will come with time we've been waiting for a performance that's the thing because under Zisco yes we got the result against Norwich Villa and we got draws against Newcastle Leeds we were picking up not, not, not against not Leeds. Leeds but like we were picking up points we picked up some points I think yeah. we picked up seven under Munoz in seven games which wasn't awful but we we were crying out for a performance it wasn't we didn't care if we lost say we lost 5-0 to Liverpool but we still fought none of us would have actually been as angry as we were yeah but against Liverpool we were so bad we were so lethargic we didn't care comparatively to Everton where we were 3-2 up with I think it was like nine minutes to go and we were still pushing for goals. We still saw their vulnerability and still went for it. Like we subbed on two attackers at two at two one or two all. Mm. We still went for it because we went we went for the kill and we got it. But oh, I tell you what, the effects is Soko had in the midfield comparatively oh, unreal, unreal. Like I remember watching. I think it was going for the Josh King uh, hat trick pushing forward he was the one that won it twice in midfield it didn't stick the first two times but it bounced off him he kept getting himself into the position he kept winning the ball and then eventually he pushed on and pushed on and pushed on and got us forward Cuccio got the ball fed it in bounced off of Dennis Joao had a shot that was sort of fluffed but it fell perfectly to King took it the composure Josh King had there as well by the way (laughs) Watford haven't had a a composed striker like that in so long, in so so long. Who would you say the last one? It's sort of like Vidro Igalo. Vidro Igalo times, but Igalo didn't even have that composure for a long time. Like in some games, yes, he, he had didn't it. Have the like, well, he had it against Everton. He had as it well. against Everton. But Iggy he had it against on the opening day of the season. Um, he had it against Everton. He had it against Arsenal in the cup. Like he had composure, but he didn't have it to the level of he's just going to calmly just flick it round someone and stick it other side of the keeper. Like, we haven't seen that level of composure. Not for a long time at For Watford. a long, long time. Like, even with Javi, 
like only player that had that sort of composure was De La Feu, and that's why so many Watford fans fell in love with him because he had the composure just to sort of just calmly stick it in the net like against Cardiff he had the wherewithal to know exactly what finish to do like again like when he was rushing in behind twice he never did the same finish twice he did two different so he dinked it once rounded yeah. the keeper the other we haven't had that for a long time like in the championship we missed that mm, and the sure. season we went down we missed it because Dini as good as he was he would just twat the ball as hard as he could just put it in the goal like not taking any chances and I respect that I love that but in certain scenarios especially at the top level you can't just hit it and hope. Like that's what Andre Gray did. Well, he he wouldn't even hit the ball at times. He'd just fall over his own feet. But you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he wouldn't have the quality and the football knowledge. Whereas King has that. Um, I think yeah, Dennis has that. We know Saul will develop that over time. He hasn't quite got he, that. He's knack got yet. a little bit, but not. He's getting there. not he's what getting he will there. have. He he's going to be an he, unbelievable. He'll be player. an unbelievable football player. But he just needs. I would. Obviously bias here, but he does need... If we keep hold of Ranieri, he could do with... Say we kept Ranieri until the end of next season. He could do with another season of tutelage under him. Because just just to develop that composure. And also... Then he'll be worth whatever fee we get for him for that club. It's It would develop his career so much. If we lost Ranieri, Saar leaves at the end of the season, 100%. He probably leaves at the end of the season anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, if, yeah, sure. if we go down, he definitely leaves. Um, if we stay up, I reckon he does leave. I reckon he leaves. But we've got... I know, obviously, we're going to miss him massively and it won't be the same, but we do have Dennis. We have... And we can, obviously, farm the money back in. But also, I think if he goes... If we go down, we'll, we won't get as much money from him. If we stay in the Premier League, we'll get... We'll, we'll get money. 70 mil, I reckon. Or I reckon we could get between 50 and 70. Because that's what he's worth to us. And I know fans are going to say, like, rival fans, you bastards. <laughs> but we do the, we're guilty of the same for that. Like, someone like Declan Rice, we know deep down he's not an £80 million pound player. Um, but for West Ham, he really is. And we're the same with Saar. Like, Liverpool fans are crying out saying he's not a £70 million pound player. For us, he is. But And that's the thing. It's, it's sort of, yeah, great. Okay, you're charging a, a certain amount of money for a player. Um so obviously, if we're charging seventy mil for him, for the sake of argument, well then you've got. Okay, so it's not just the player that you're charging that amount of money for. It's the, it's the worth to the club. Exactly. That that's what comes into a lot of transfer fees. He now. is such an important player, and to to try and not prevent him from moving, but to try and ward off interest. That's ward what off do. interest, and that's so what like, Jude, we've just read that they've Jude done that Be- with Jude, Jude Bellingham. Dortmund have put a £101 million price tag on Jude Bellingham and I saw someone quote tweet saying they're going to go in with like a £4.5 million bid of Ben Davies just to try and see what they can penny steal. But like Crystal Palace fans and Newcastle fans, when they got the takeover, and said what we need to bring in. Um, I think it was Masterbucks, the Australian YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, the YouTuber he said yeah. Saar for £25 million quid. That's what we paid as an upfront fee. To rent, or I think we paid two million pound more than that, and the instalments and bonuses took it up to thirty-five million for Saar. Mm. Why would we not only take a loss, but take a loss on a player that's our best player? Like what? The logic there, and he said like Ward Prowse would be forty million. Nah, when all no I've seen, Southampton fans, I know you're going to disagree, but all I've seen from Ward Prowse is his set pieces. That's all I've seen. All that's all I see. Lukey boy's going to get. Ambushed by Southampton fans. The worst part is we live in Southampton, so you're going to get mobbed on the street. But But to be fair, that's all I've seen from him. Obviously, I don't watch Southampton enough, so I can't exactly comment. But I see 
his dead balls and stuff are ridiculous. Do you I'm know what's going to happen now? What? Gonna, he's he's going to score a hat-trick on Saturday. No, no, no. He's going to score a hat-trick of <laughs> set pieces. And it's going to prove me right. But no, he's he's a really good player, but he's not a, to me, he's not a £40 million player. I disagree. I think he's 40... Well, he's around the £40 million mark. Um, but then... What the bit that I didn't didn't agree with is obviously Saar being worth less than Ward yeah that's, that's, the thing. that's the bit I disagree with. In the with. context of Saar being twenty five, Ward Prowse being forty, he's Ward Prowse isn't a forty million pound player. If Saar's whatever what value him, I think Ward Prowse is a forty million pound player. Yeah. I'd say maybe even a little bit more because of the worth of Southampton. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was just going to say moving on to Josh King in particular, we talked about his composure a little bit, but it's not just his composure, is it? He's so. Well, I was going to ask you, what does he bring? I want you to tell me Lots. what he brings. Because he, the he way brings. he holds up the ball, the fight, the desire he has, the ability to pass and move, his his intelligence, his positioning, it's all perfect. Well, not perfect, but it's all really, really good, isn't it? Also, let me, um, let me bring you into something. So I think it was the 26th of September. Okay. After the Newcastle game. Do you game, remember? <laughs> the 26th, 26th of September. September. <laughs> so basically, I had just moved into uni and Ricky was doing... Uh, he'd just come over to see my um, accommodation and things and Ollie was getting the train back, so we were going to meet him. Where's he going with this one, Ricky, then? Ricky did a Twitter space with Charlie Zazera and Sam oh, yeah. And one of the questions was... Because I was in the room, I was listening to it on Twitter as well, so I had two perspectives. Um, the question was, which front forward do you drop? Ricky decided to drop Josh King. I, oh, mate, I eat my I, words. And I literally went to him straight away, what is your problem? Yeah. Because he decided to put Cucho <laughs> in. And I was like, okay, I love Cucho, and I think he's a brilliant football player. Josh King brings more to our attack than Cucho because not only are they both technically brilliant on the ball, Josh King is huge. I think he's six foot two, six foot three, so he's massive. Is he? Fucking no he's way is he's he that? ripped as he's fuck. not six foot two. I think he's six foot two, six foot three. No Just because you see him against defenders, he's bullying them out of the way. He's not like he's tall. strong, he backs into defenders, he offers a pass, he's quick, and we've seen now he's got a knack for scoring goals. He could have had four so easily against Everton because he missed that one chance. But when you look at the replay, yeah, it's yeah, bullshit. He's what is five he? foot ten. What? Fuck off! He's five foot ten. <laughs> he's five foot ten. He's is one. He five he's one point eight meters, which is five foot ten. Well, he's well, just no under way. five foot eleven. So wait, he's my height. Jo- well, yeah, I'm the same. That makes me feel so much better because you see him. He's huge. Six he looks massive. Two. Wait, six foot two slash six foot three. That's like just under my height. He looks huge though for his. He looks huge like. He doesn't look five foot ten. That's that's my that's but my mistake. I'm but just he... gonna say you've done me dirty there, mate, because you've exposed mm-hmm. me for that little Twitter spaces thing. And I do take I eat my words, mate. I take them back. And you know what? I'm glad Josh Josh King has proved me wrong because, well, yeah, what a player he's turned out to be, and he got a hat trick for against a free Everton. signing as well. That's the other oh, bit of content. Unreal, unreal, like, unreal piece of business. We there. give we give the Potsos a lot of stick for not spending money, but we brought in I think. Three free signings in the summer. It was Fletcher, who, yes, he's a cup striker, but he scored in both the cup games. And I would like eventually to see him get his chance, but we've got so many better. When you've got so many good frozen out, yeah. We brought in Danny Rose, who, uh, again, I think he should be starting over Messina. I think every Watford fan thinks that, but Messina even played quite well against um, Everton. He wasn't as good as he has been, but he did his job. But I still think Danny Rose should be getting in there. For sure. And then Josh King was a free signing. I know other people are going to fight. Oh, and Kulu as well as another free signing. Who actually really play, he played really well. What a chart we have for him yeah. over here. He played very, very well for someone that isn't supposedly match fit and has been with the club all of like 10 days or something. He played really fucking well. So that really like 
built me with confidence that once we've got Cabasele, we've got Trusta Kong, once we've got Ciaralta and Nkulu, Cathcart could actually leave. And as much as, yes, he's been a fantastic servant for us, get out! <laughs> the Luke Bennett clip. <laughs> get out! Get out! Like, literally, he's 32, I think. He's 31, I think, I think 32. And he's not quick at all. He's not positionally good enough anymore. And like we've known for a while that he's a liability. Distribution isn't great either. His we saw we saw in that uh, extended yeah, highlights. Just, he just oh. hoofed it up and um, scuffed yeah. it. But we need uh, his, his time's passed, and I'm actually really glad. But nah, Josh King for a free signing and for what he offers us when he was injured against Leeds, I think we missed him more than we thought we did against Liverpool. Like he could have given us what. Dini gave us against Lovren. He could have been the one that takes the game to Matip. Because obviously no one takes the game to Van Dyke because Van Dyke wins every time. And like that's something that we did very, very well against them in the 3 0. I was going to say, apart from when we beat them 3 0. No, no, we didn't, we didn't even take the game to Van Dyke. No, we, we did to Lovren. Because and then he was made the Van, weak link. And we made Van Dyke have to defend against Pereira, Decore, and so. He was having to do Lovren's job and he his was, own job. And Robertson as well. Because remember, the way, they, the way they play, they get the centre backs to cover. The fullbacks yeah. who bomb forward. So we made Van Dyke defending its four attackers, basically. Three <laughs> attackers. Obviously, that just wasn't going to work. Yeah, so we, we played that game tactically brilliantly. And missing Josh King was like, vital. We wouldn't have won. Like, we would have still lost. I'm not saying that, oh, because we didn't have Josh King, we lost the game. No, we were shit. But it's the fact that we could have had an extra dimension and we could have had could have something else going forward. But no, he's brilliant. And we need to focus <sighs> on keeping that flowing against Southampton but we'll get onto that later because you know we've got That's other a, things to we've got other things to talk about one thing being um, yeah the character of the team to come back from a losing position twice is that I was going to say is that something we haven't actually seen that we haven't seen that since the cup semi-final I yeah. believe which was a, a proper proper time. comeback to win I don't think we have, have we, we haven't seen that since the cup final obviously the wow. difference between the cup final was we only went behind once, but we had to show character to get back to two two and then take it to extra time. Yeah, you, you were yeah, we were training by two goals. So it is that good character. Was, this was better character though, because uh, we went one all, we went behind again, and then we kept pushing even at two all. Even at three two, we kept pushing forward, we wanted the goals and we hurried up play. Like when Dennis had a chance, Pickford saved it. We still went for the goals, we still went for it all, we we never stopped pushing. And at five, we still kept pushing. But we still wanted what we were hungry. We showed desire. But that's the thing. When you go one goal down, that's hard enough. But when you go one goal down and bring it back to 1-1, one, one, you think, yes, all right, we can kick on from here. And then you go down again. It's, it, each time you go down, it can be more and more demoralising. And the fact that they kept their spirits, um, yeah. Fair that's play. a testament to Ranieri, I think. Because... Even the tactical direction we showed against Everton was enough to prove that the Munoz decision was the right call. Obviously, I love the guy, and there's been reports that he's going to get the job at Huesca in Spain. Yeah. I hope he smashes it completely. 100%, like, for sure. Cisco is the nicest guy in football. Like He took the time out of his day to message a lot of Watford fans on his birthday for wishing him happy birthday in, his D- in, in the comments. He sent each one of them a DM to say thank you. He had me, he, though. He had you, Lamal. He, <laughs> didn't, he didn't air me. He follows a lot of Watford fans on their different accounts. He follows me. He follows you. He follows Ollie. He doesn't follow me, but I'm not going to be too in spite of it because at the end of the day, it's his Twitter. He can at the end of the day, you, but, you can understand why you wouldn't follow your Instagram or Twitter. Or I whatever. don't care. But at the end of the day... He's the nicest manager. He's very tactically naive. 
granted, but he only managed 11 games before coming to us. I do give him the benefit of the doubt on that. He obviously wasn't good enough for the Premier League level, yet he will be, I'd think, in about five, ten seasons, getting a lot of experience under his belt, going to Spain, getting the tactics there. If he can nail Spain, I think he'll be a brilliant football manager. I think he'll be... He just needs to... Huesca in the second tier. I I'm have no idea. Because uh, I just remember that's where Kucho was on a few seasons ago. Regardless of where they are, I hope he smashes it and I hope that he can develop there because I th- like you said, he is tactically naive a little bit And um, but but that will come with experience. He'll, he'll get better with experience. He'll get there, he'll get there. But once um, he's got there, it'll be amazing. Yes. But yeah, the effect Ranieri's had on the squad is, is brilliant and I do love the fact that... Um, we can concede five and score five in a week. Like it, yeah. it fills me with confidence that we can get attack. We can get results out of our attack, which we haven't had since Kike Sanchez Flores. But that wasn't even a testament to Kike Sanchez Flores. That was a testament to Dini and Agarlo's link-up play, and having Kapu behind them to sort of sweep up. Mm. Now we've got an actual base. We've got a bit of a midfield base with Sissoko, and then any one of Tufan Kutcher loser to go next to him. Um, even cleverly can step in and do a do a job if need be because I think him and Sissoko will complement each other quite well. Yeah, the work rate of those two would be brilliant. But at the end of the day, we've got so many good attacking players. We've got yeah, so such a good. We've got such good potential now that I'm less scared. Mm. Like I can see. I said to my mates even after the Everton game, there are four teams that could conceivably go down. Watford are one of them, and then the three that haven't won a game. It's Newcastle, Burnley, and Norwich. And then there's also, in the mix, Leeds, who don't look as good. Like, they've only won once this season. It was against us. They haven't really picked up points. Saints don't look too good. Although, to be fair, some of my uni friends have been to a Southampton game, and they're very good, but they just can't put the ball in the net. Which is our problem. Which is our problem. And then Palace are... developing still but they'll be fine now which is so sad because I, I was so confident that they'll go they'll go down but then I looked at other teams and then quickly realised they're not going to go down yeah. because, but they're, they're um, not too good but they're going to get there I think Vieira I judge Vieira wrong Yeah, I will be honest with um, you. moving on to a certain Ben Foster you went on a little bit of a waffling spree there mate um, I did hard I did. to get a word in edgeway but we finally got there moving on to Ben Foster first question uh, the reason we're talking about Ben Foster, by the way, is because um, since the whole Liverpool, since the Liverpool game, we haven't actually spoken about Ben Foster because we didn't do a podcast since, um, and my match blog, match day blog came out too soon to really talk about it. So, uh, Luke, first question I want to ask you is: What were your thoughts overall of the Cycling GK YouTube channel since it started? Because right. I, because before you say personally, I really enjoyed it. The insight is incredible. Um, and the things he shows you and the things you learn from it that you didn't quite know before, like, I don't know, their, their match day preparation, but what they do on a match day, what they do the night before, what kind of hotels they stay in, weird little things like that that I really, really um, found quite fascinating. Um, yeah, Luke, what, what do you make of it overall? Right. I'm going to use the past tense here. I loved it. Yeah. The championship was amazing. It was incredible. Even when he wouldn't play, I'd still watch his vlogs because you get the training insight. You get insight into what they eat, like, because you get Catch insight up. into... <laughs> ketchup uh yeah like literally you get insight into everything so like what they eat how they train yeah. like the professionalism his foscast is brilliant oh i love that and i love watching his, his happy hour podcasts um when his episodes like his him talking about his mm. past experiences 
But I will, I will still... Capello and stuff. Capello, his Fergie outburst. I will still watch his YouTube channel. I oh, will still sure. watch. The, I will still watch his Fozcast. And that does sound slightly hypocritical. But what I won't watch now is his match day vlogs. And the reason is the clickbait. So with the Liverpool oh. vlog, for example, I'm going to get onto that. And the reason I will get onto that is because he released it. I can't remember when he initially released it. But he titled it as I think it was why Mo Salah is the best player, and obviously he's the I'd say pound for pound right now is the best player in the world. Oh yeah, for sure. But we're I not agree. gonna we're gonna go on a tangent about that. <laughs> I agree. But what we're gonna yeah current form he's the best player yeah. in the world. So I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is when he puts well done boys in the description. We've just been spanked five 0 and put z- uh, little to no effort in that spanking. And you're going to put well done, boys. And congratulate the Liverpool players. And congratulate the Liverpool players. Like they're on smoke right now. They're the best team in the league. One of the best teams in the world. You're, you're saying what's blatantly obvious, and then congratulating either them or us on the performance. And it's very, very dodgy. And I didn't like that. And the point that I made off camera is that I think he's now starting to develop it as a as his hobby is taking over his profession. Yeah. In the sense of. He goes and gets shirts. Usually, he used to get them for his son. Like he'd go and get shirts off of players for his son. Like he mentioned that on the podcast, his Happy Hour podcast. He, not his Happy Hour, the Happy Hour podcast, saying that oh he's gonna get the shirt and he gives them to his son because he loves it. And I'm not gonna fault him for that. But now he that. gets. I would do the same. But now he gets them for the viewers. Like he'll give a signed match day shirt away. And at the start, I loved it because it was a channel primarily for Watford fans to see the insight into the club. And he'd give away Watford stuff. He'd give away like a signed Saar shirt or a signed Foster shirt or a pair of goalie gloves that he wore. Things that were Watford based that opposition fans wouldn't want. In the Liverpool vlog, he wanted to. Get, he got Calvin Kelleher's shirt. No Watford fan is really going to go for that because we're not interested in Calvin Kelleher. We're interested... If it was a Josh King signed shirt... The Everyone's Everton, going for that. The Everton vlog hasn't come out yet, but say you got Josh King's shirt, I would enter that giveaway because he's one of our players. If it was a Ken Semmer shirt, I'd go for it. Even if it was Cathcart's shirt, I'd Ooh, go for it. Christ. Just because it's a Watford player yeah. and a Watford fans want a Watford player's shirt, no matter what we think of them, you would want that shirt. If it's a f- other opposition fans' shirt, opposition players' shirt, the current Watford fans aren't going to go for it, and the demographic has stretched away from Watford fans like it originally was. I now think it's now more his hobbies taken over his profession. But yes, he's thirty-eight. Yes, he's leaving Watford at the end of the season. He's do you think that. that the problem, the fact that it's it's not just Watford fans and it's gone to other fans? Don't you? But do, do you think that that's a little bit? I don't know what the word for it is. Sort of like sensitive. Is it? Is it Watford fans being sensitive that? Oh no, Ben Foster's got a YouTube channel that isn't strictly for Watford fans. Err. Uh, I don't believe it's Watford fans being sensitive. I believe that if it was any other. I just want to say, by the way, that's not me calling Watford fans sensitive. That's me playing mm. devil's advocate. Yeah, you're playing asking. devil's advocate, which is fair enough. That's how you correct debate. But yeah, the way I see it is, Watford fans are very. Let's right. Let me put it to you this way: If it was, um, like Jack mates come out and said, "Oh, Watford would have won six two instead of five two if it wasn't for Ben Foster's blogs." Like he came out with a tweet and has blocked a load of Watford fans due to the response because he just can't 
be asked to deal with it. I'm not saying Bell end, by the way. I'm not saying he's wrong in any way to block Watford fans. No, yeah. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's wrong to come out and say, like, back his friend that he's just made because of YouTube, right? The way I look at it is if it was Fabianski, he was producing these vlogs and he, and say West Ham got walloped 5 0 by Man City, right? And a result that generally you'd expect as a West Ham fan to get walloped 5 0 at home by City. Well, previously, I'm not sure about now. Um, but say that happened, right? Say they lost 5 0 to City and Fabianski was vlogging training beforehand, you know, vlogging, like going up to Firmino after the game and speaking to him. Maybe getting his shirt, I don't know. Then releasing that, li- that. oh no, not, I was, I was saying City, wasn't I? So he goes up to Phil Foden, goes up to Phil Foden after the game, gets his shirt, releases it, and goes, That Man City vlog. Well done, boys, in the description. West Ham fans would be fucking livid at it because at the end of the day, it's them showing, him showing the club in a bad light that he yeah. can do this sort of thing unpunished. And that's how Watford fans feel, I feel. Like, we feel like our club is more of a laughing stock and people only now respect us for the YouTube content and not for actually what we're doing in it's the It's sort league. of like with Arsenal Fan TV a little bit. And I can sort of... I could always see where Arsenal fans would come from when they would... The fans that didn't like Arsenal Fan TV. And I'm not saying... Arsenal Fan TV is a great channel, obviously, yeah. But I could understand the frustration when people would see Arsenal losing and just go, yes, can't wait for Arsenal Fan TV. TV it's going to be good. And that was the only thing it is. Like, you look at, I don't know, if Watford FC official posts something of like, oh, what a save by Ben Foster in training or whatever, the comments are full of like, oh, cycling GK, oh, start cycling GK next game. They don't even say start Foster next game, it's start cycling GK, they just know him off YouTube, do you know what I mean? The one that gets me is the way they use Ben Foster's YouTube channel to say that he's better than Backman. When they don't use any, like there oh, are stats that have come mate. out. There are stats that have come out and said that Backman has played. I think he's played, he's played four games. Foster's played five, so obviously Foster's played a game more. Backman has had, I think, a better expected goals conceded, and he's faced more shots, made more saves, um, and conceded less goals. Yeah. And off of that statistic alone, obviously the eye test is that Backman's better. Apart from his catching from corners is confidence that's where Foster does have him in terms of like when a corner comes in Foster's usually communicating with his defenders to tell us get out of the way so we can come and claim the ball yeah. and I'd say their distribution is equally sh- shocking but apart from Ca- that carry on talking apart from that Backman is um, just the better keeper I feel and this is coming from someone that has slated Daniel Backman quite heavily in the past so now I think yeah Backman is the better keeper and should be going forward. Should be our number one going forward. It's not like, um, yeah, I don't think Foster should be starting for us anymore. I can see you trying to hold on to the conversation there yeah. while I was gone. Cheers, man. Because I've sort of run out of things to say <laughs> about Foster now. But at the end of the day, if he wants to keep going with his YouTube channel, fair enough. I'm not. No one should ever have to stop something because of the backlash. It's just in the manner that he's approached the last video or two. Yeah, is a bit. It's shocking. quite frustrating for and, fans. And the best bit is we've gone on with this without talking about Paddy fucking Pimblet, but we don't. I don't want to get into him because he's, he's just a horrible, a horrible club. He's, he's, a horrible. he's just a he's just a bit of a knob, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. But it, yeah, he's just he's he's a knob. I don't want to talk about that because my blood boils. My blood boils at the fact that they. Yeah. It, was it his first football game he's ever been to or something? Because I doubt it. In I doubt- what world, right? Unless it's a friggin' pre-season friendly between like friggin'. 
loot. Eastly and Eastly and like freaking Wheelstone. Yeah. Unless it's a friendly between those two. Like in a normal game, in a Premier League game, obviously you're going to be kicked out if you're sitting in the wrong end. Like, it's no, it's bullshit. not even the fact that he's sitting in the wrong end. It's the fact that he's and, and celebrating and celebrating. Like you get, I sat next to Wolves fans in the, oh. at the one at Christmas. Don't you out? Did, no, the thing is, I didn't grasp on them because they weren't doing anything wrong. Oh, they were in our end. They were in our end. They were in the, you know, the rookery, the little corner yeah. next to it. That's where I was sat where there's no protection. So I was praying it wouldn't rain for ninety minutes. Literally, <laughs> because there's no fucking protection. So I'd be shitting. I'd be like, oh fuck. But yeah, he was. Um, there were two Wolves fans, and they were they were fine. They were nice. They didn't actually celebrate their goal. They just sort of mildly applauded it. I knew they were Wolves fans because I could hear them talking about how good Pedro Neto was. But I was like, I'm not going to be a grass because if they can't, if the because the away end was sold out as well, you could tell. Yeah. Wolves away end was sold out, so I don't blame a couple of Wolves fans for sitting in the home end because they're not in the actual rookery. They're not in the hardcore bit where they're gonna get jumped on if Watford score. Like they're not gonna get. And they were they were nice people as well. Like I sat and spoke to them a little bit, and they were like, "Yeah, they they were fine." But it's when they what for fans, not what for fans, um, opposition away fans, fans, opposition fans sit in the the best stand, the only stand with a bit of atmosphere, and all the rest of it. It's just like, yeah. oh, it grinds my gears a little bit. But there's nothing we can do. Like, um, just quickly, Ben Foster's future. Well, I, th- I don't even need to ask you. I just think you, you we, want we, him to we know we, we know what his future is. He's going to leave. Go to the MLS for a year the and MLS, then join the, the mighty hashtags. Do you know what? I don't blame him. Hashtags. At the end of the day... Do what you got to do. You've got to do what you got to do. And also, it's the fact that we're not going to miss him now. Obviously, we're going to miss... He, I like him as a person. There's nothing wrong with him as Ben Foster as a person. He seems like the, one of the loveliest blokes. Oh, he seems sound. He seems so I'd nice. love to meet him. Would love to meet him. Would love to like do anything with him. Not anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know what ah, I mean? That's getting clipped. That is getting clipped. You know what I mean? Like, no, but do you know what I mean? Like in a social context, not in a not in a sex context. But, I tried so hard to keep a straight face. But you know what I mean? Like, um, like he seems so sad. Like, if, uh, um, yeah. But at the end of the at the end of the day, he seems so sad. <laughs> Mate, you don't help yourself. <laughs> I haven't helped myself at all. Right, sorry, carry on. But yeah, like he seems so sad. But in terms of like the the professional sat, sat standpoint of Ben Foster, like it's a little bit of a of a sticky one now. But that's it's purely because he wants to do what. Yeah, he he's got to do what he's got to do, and I, I respect him for it. But at the end of the day, we we're now going to have better keepers once Dalberg comes back. I see Doncaster fans now raving about him, so this this fills yeah. me with optimism. It does. It does fill me with optimism too. Um, Southampton, Lukey boy. We've got Southampton next at home. We obviously live in Southampton, like we mentioned, so that does mean that on Saturday we will be travelling up on the train, most likely with loads of Southampton fans, and then travelling back with them um, after hopefully, oh. ho- after hopefully a win. Um, but you never know. But oh. it will make it easier by a win. Um, Luke, we are in a great position to build momentum because we have got a, f- a horrid run coming up we after this. We have a this. horrible run. So, having beaten Everton... Another three points would go down nicely, wouldn't it? It would go absolutely beautifully. Like, it would be perfect for mm. us. Uh, to kickstart our season, now, just before our horror run, if we can do Everton away and then Southampton at home, it gives us great optimism going into that Arsenal game. Because while, yes, they've been undefeated since the 5-0 drumming of City, I still haven't seen anything from them properly that would justify them, like being able to deal with if we're on form dealing with us big if it's a huge if and obviously now I've said that we're going to get absolutely twatted by them because 
but there is there's source for optimism now around the club. Now we've seen a good performance and we've seen what we can be capable of. If we can do it again against Southampton, even 80% of what we did against Everton, if we can yeah. put that performance to the 80% mark, we'll, we'll be absolutely fine, I think, against Southampton. Because as well as they have been playing, they have won once all season and they aren't clinical enough. And oh, yeah. they fielded a very strong team yesterday against Chelsea and lost in a penalty shootout. So that means they played 90 minutes with a full-strength team. It's they're, they're there for the taking, I feel. So our record against Southampton isn't great, and that's why I'm pessimistic. I, I would take a point against Southampton. But in the context of our seasons, it's a must-win for both. Yeah. Because if Southampton win, they can kickstart their season and get away from the relegation zone. And uh, Watford can do the exact same thing if we win. But I'd say we need to win more than they do in terms, of our run. Of, in terms of our run of fixtures. I don't know Southampton's run of fixtures. It could be just as bad as ours. But yeah. we don't know that. So if Watford can beat Southampton, that'd be huge. Because then we've got Arsenal away. I think it's then uh, they, City, Leicester... I think it's Chelsea like somewhere in there. Chelsea and United. Uh, um, Southam- Southampton's run just just for interest is obviously us, then Villa, Norwich, Liverpool away, Leicester at home, Brighton, Arsenal. So it's okay. It's, it's nowhere near as bad. It's as It's not ours. as bad as ours, but on the same level, it's not as easy as they. They've got Norwich, so that's presumably a win. But they've also got Liverpool and Brighton. Brighton are a decent side this season. As which I, I'm scared. I, I'm scared to play them again at the Vic. But yeah. no, I'm very, I'm optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. I'm optimistic that we can beat them, yeah. but I'm pessimistic because it's Watford and we never do two good performances in a row. Yeah. So, the only way I can see us winning that game is if Josh King is set on fire again, or like Saar produces what Dennis did. If Kucho as well can pick up where they left off. If Sissoko has another blinder. A lot of ifs, I've noticed. There are, there there are, are a lot, lot of ifs. ifs. But at the end of the day, if we can come out of it with a point, I'll be satisfied. If we can come out with three, I'll be over the moon. Yeah. Considering I've just worked a 10 hour shift before as well, I'm going to be dead. Oh, I'm going to be so dead. Oh, yeah. So basically, listen to this, boys, right? And girls. He, my man here, is working at Sainsbury's, right? And he's working. So. <laughs> actually. So my Thursday and Friday. Let me explain. Brutal. Actually, yeah. You, no, no. Let me explain. Let me explain. Right, he's working Friday night. Well, and Thursday night, but Friday night. This it's the same times, but Friday night, nine p.m. till seven a.m. Sorry, night shift. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to do a night sh- night shift in my life, and I don't want to. They sound awful. It's brutal. So our trains at eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming straight from work, having a shower. He lives right near the station, having a shower, and then coming down straight so, away unreal and I did tell him I said do not lay down because <laughs> no, if no. you lay down I'm it's done. curtains for you you're, curtains. you're missing the game but the thing is even with th- like Thursdays because I've got uni tomorrow I have to get up at 7am so my day is pretty much 24 hours I oh, go home man. I get some rest and then I go straight to work again on Friday it's brutal I don't know how he, how he does it neither I, I, I mean I nearly fell asleep on guard duty I was on door duty for an hour you were on door duty for an hour um, um, and, and I was sat, I was sat down, and I did fall asleep for like fifteen minutes. But that's because no one was coming in. And I woke up, and I see like four colleagues at the door waiting to get in. I'm like, oh fuck, let me let you in. Unreal. But I was like, here, you can have like you can clock in fifteen minutes later. That's fine. That's Unreal. Unreal. Um, but yeah, fin- final thing: score predictions. 
Um, the optimism in me says 2-1 or 2-0 Watford. The pessimist in me says a 1-0 draw. 3-1 Watford. I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to go 2-0 Watford. I think, I think if Backman starts, we're going to keep a clean sheet and it's going to shut all the cycling Batman GK won't start. boys up. Batman won't start. I'd love it if he did. I want him to, but he won't. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 Watford, um, and it'll be a happy journey home with all the Saints. Uh, goal scorer predictions. I want to get one out, some out of you. Goal scoring predictions. I'm going to go Josh King to get one. One. Dennis to get another one. And... Man, forgotten Dennis's. Dennis isn't allowed to play. Oh, fuck. I mean, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He'll play anyway. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it won't be Dennis. So it won't be Dennis. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> it's going to be King with one. Uh, I want to say Saul will get one. Saul's going to get one. Yeah, Saul will get one. And then... It just depends who, who else will play. I don't want to say Hernandez. Actually, you know what? Saul's going to get two. King's going to get one. That's what's going to happen. What about you? I'm going to say Joao's going to get one. I think he's going to start. I think we're going to go four for nice. two. And I think it will be... I'm trying to think who else. I reckon it might be Ozan Tufan's time. Ooh, fair play. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to have a midfielder scoring quite mm-hmm. a few games now. So we had Kucha last week. We're going to have Tufan. And then we're going to have either Loser or Sissoko the following week against Arsenal in like a 7-1 drubbing or something like that. Well, we it shouldn't shall be that bad. see. We shall see. Guys, I hope you did enjoy this video. If you did, leave a like. Um, I hope you... Uh, are watching on YouTube because if you are you'll see the nice beautiful studio that we're in how good has it been by the way it's been brilliant it's been it's unreal it's been much unreal. better than any other setting I've actually recorded in and that <laughs> I've only recorded in three settings it's pretty it's good right. um, but yeah guys have a little look on YouTube if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify make sure you do leave us a rating um, preferably a good one but a rating um, it'll be it'll be good and it massively helps us out and if you are watching on YouTube make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already leave a like on it and comment if there's anything that you agree disagree with or just anything else you want to discuss um, me and Luke will be reading the comment section and give us ideas as well for future podcasts yeah what do you want us to talk as, about because during like international breaks and shit we're going to be fucked for ideas so if you lot can leave some advice also you put my fucking links in the description yeah and, yeah like, put, put mine in put my one in because um, yeah, we, yeah. We, we do a series on my channel it's it's alright go check out his channel right and if you're watching this far which none of you are <laughs> I want you to comment some ideas for the podcast no I want you to comment Luke just just my name yeah I'm not finished Luke what would you like Ben Foster to do with you oh for fuck's sake comment that <laughs> you won't get nobody commenting nobody's listening this far but anyway guys <laughs> hope you did enjoy this Leave a like, all that good stuff. I will catch you in the next one. See you later. Peace.